0: When Mary Jessica Woods, Wyoming Catholic College class of 2019, wrote her senior thesis, she discussed fiction writing in terms of what J.R.R. Tolkien called sub-creation. Now, having graduated, she's put her studies to work, becoming a sub-creator herself. This is Dr. Jim Tonkowicz, and you're listening to the After Dinner Scholar from Wyoming Catholic College. In Mary Jessica Woods' science fiction novel, mark maker tattoos are not optional they define identity by commemorating birth ancestry accomplishments and crimes those sworn always to record the truth one tattoo artist tattoos a lie resulting in the banishment of an innocent man he's devastated by his dishonesty but that leads to well perhaps it's best to let mary woods Tell us more about the story. All right, brief, Mary, briefly sketch out the story of Mark Maker. Where does it take place? Who are the characters and so on?
1: So the story of Mark Maker, um, it's about an alien society called the Noxine, And they live on this fleet of huge generation ships, world ships, um, that their their ancestors built. And so the the interesting thing about their society is that their whole culture kind of revolves around these ceremonial tattoos that every person gets pretty much from the day of their birth um, for all their important life events or accomplishments. Um, And the premise of the story is that the main character is a tattoo artist in this world, which is obviously a very important position, uh, given how their how their society works. And he finds himself coerced basically by the um, political forces that are in power. Finds himself coerced into giving a mark of banishment to a man that he knows is innocent. Uh, so then he has to decide what he's going to do about the fact that he's broken his oath of truth-telling.
0: What was the genesis of uh, of, of this idea of, of this alternate universe in the story?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of a fun story. Um, and it's actually very much uh, <laughs> related to my experience at Wyoming Catholic, uh, funnily enough, because uh, during my time as a student, uh, there was a group of my friends and we did a, a role playing game together, like a tabletop role playing game. But it was a, it was like a unique setting. It wasn't, you know, using the Dungeons & Dragons system or that. It was a unique setting that my classmate, Don and Shoal, created. So he'd come up with this sci-fi world uh, with a bunch of different uh, races and factions. Uh, so the Noxine were one of these races that was in the game. And so, you know, they were very much like a warrior honor culture, And then they had these tattoos. And then later, like after graduation, I was thinking some more about uh, the world and some of the alien races in it. And just started thinking about like, wow, what would that actually be like to live in a society where all of your accomplishments um, and, you know, in some cases your crimes (laughs) are just visible? on your skin for everyone to see, like what effect would that have on society, on individuals, and what moral dilemmas would come up in a world like that. Hmm. And so I, that's where the idea of like this sort of rogue tattoo artist came from, uh, who's kind of in conflict with the laws and the tradition that he's, you know, been raised to preserve. Um, finds himself in conflict with them because he realizes that there's injustice going on, that the traditions aren't properly addressing.
0: Now, in your senior thesis, remember that?
1: (laughs) Yes, I do, in fact.
0: (laughs) You talked about J.R.R. Tolkien and uh, his essay on fairy stories and about the idea of sub-creation. How did that research and that thinking influence your desire to write fiction in general and science fiction in particular? Or were you already writing fiction?
1: Oh, I definitely, I mean, I was writing fiction well before college, um, which was actually the reason that I chose to write my senior thesis about fiction. <laughs> uh, because I've been doing it for a long time and it was kind of uh my passion already. But yeah, I really loved Tolkien's. Yeah, Tolkien's essay on fairy stories, um, beautiful essay, especially for any fiction writers. But yeah, for like fantasy and sci-fi in particular, it's really good. Yeah, because he just talks about creating that whole, you know, secondary world and, you know, in, in sort of like imitation of of God's creativity.
0: Now, tell us about writing fiction. The experience you have of writing fiction—it's not like writing an essay or a thesis.
1: No, it's uh, it's quite different.
0: <laughs> well, you had um, one story. Sometimes, about how one of your characters kind of just took over.
1: Yes. Well, there were there were a couple that that took over. I mean, the the first one who took over was just the main character. It it was a very interesting experience writing the first draft because. When I started this story, I really had no particular expectations for it. It was a totally experimental thing. I had no plot. (laughs) Uh, I didn't even know that much about the setting when I first started. I was just kind of exploring. All I had was the main character who had this secret, like this moral dilemma that he would broken his oath to tell the truth. And I didn't know why. I didn't know what his motivations were. I just sort of followed him through that first chapter. And by the end of the first chapter, the things that he ended up doing, which very much surprised me. (laughs) And I just sort of sat back and thought, oh, this is the story. This is the kind of, you know, person that I'm writing about. I think I want to follow him some more.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, the little fiction that I've written, yeah, it's weird how the characters kind of take over and you're, they're doing things and you say, uh, well, what? What are you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love the intuitive aspect of it. It's it's very exciting, sometimes quite frustrating because sometimes it happens that, you know, you you have a plan for the plot to go one way and then the characters just refuse to do that thing. And the plot won't go forward until you let them do their own thing. <laughs> It usually turns out for the best.
0: (laughs) Yes, well, I think so, yeah, yeah. Now, like Tolkien and like other Catholic fantasy writers, your story is not set in a recognizably Christian universe. Uh, Talk to us about that.
1: That was a really interesting experience, too, Um, and and quite unconscious at first, again, writing these opening scenes about This tattoo artist, this mark maker, as they're called in the story, having him give, you know, these tattoos to different people and speaking, you know, these very solemn, like ceremonial words as he's making these symbols related to the different uh, life events. It was actually someone else, like one of my family members or friends who was reading the very early draft and said, you know, your, your main character is really he really looks like a priest and his, his marks really seem like sacraments. I'm like, oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> um, so yeah, even though obviously it's an alien culture, they have no contact with Christianity. They do still have just sort of a, a natural religion, their own understanding of the cosmos and of you know supernatural powers sort of beyond the physical realm. So that, that's all very much uh, embedded in the world of the story, and so there, there are a lot of things that end up being recognizable to us as as Catholics in just sort of a mm-hmm. a natural way. Again, it's not necessarily consciously in mind. Um, I think I can't help myself. Really, <laughs> that's that's the framework, the moral framework that I understand to be true. So, yeah, that definitely comes out in the story.
0: Yeah. Now, the book deals in part with the theme of exile. How did you handle that?
1: So that was... Yeah, there were, there were a couple different levels of that. So as I mentioned earlier, the premise of the story is that the main character you know, finds himself forced to give this mark of exile to this man that he believes is innocent. So then he goes... He's compelled to go looking for this person that he's helped to exile sort of unwillingly. So all the the exiles in the ship, they they sort of live in the the belly of the ship working as slave laborers. So he goes looking for this person that he was, you know, responsible for giving the exile mark. He never finds him, um, at least in this book. (laughs) Uh, But he does discover just the community of exiles as a whole, you know, and discovers that sort of more injustice and people who don't deserve to be there or who were born there. The system has just forgotten about them. They don't exist really. And this is, you know, shocking to him because he does have a conscience and a good heart and realizes that these are people who need to be ministered to. But then in sort of in turn having this secret of secretly serving the exiles with his with his mark making. Um, That in turn makes him feel like an exile among his own peers and among his own clan, because he feels like he's, I mean, he is breaking the law by serving the exiles, even though he knows deep down that he's doing the right thing. So he feels like an outcast himself throughout most of the story.
0: What books or what courses from your experience at Wyoming Catholic College were important in the writing of uh, Mark Maker?
1: That's an interesting one. There is a little bit of an Aeneid trope in the book. I I don't want to give it too much away, but uh, Mariel, the main character, by the end of the story, he ends up becoming a little bit of an Aeneas type figure, um, sort of like the like the guardian of his people's tradition, and sort of the founder of something new. <laughs> Huh? Okay. Um yeah which which was very funny to me when I got to that point at like the climax and the ending of the story and I'm like this seems really familiar like this this image seems very familiar and compelling to me and then I realized oh wait that's where I've seen it before <laughs> <laughs> So yeah it's definitely some of the the classics definitely had some subconscious influence there um another one I would say well a combination of um yeah, Herodotus and Thucydides, sort of the the ancient Greek histories and sort of talking about the the different political conflicts. But, though, you know, those writers really frame those conflicts in in a moral framework as well. You know, and sort of the the pr- pride and corruption and, you know, integrity of the different the different characters and what it led to and also the the speeches. In those histories, the rhetoric was very influential because there's there's definitely a a political plot in this book as well. There's a conflict between the Markmaker Guild, which, as you would imagine, is a very powerful organization in this society. They're in charge of all the ceremonial marks and who gets them and who doesn't. (laughs) Um, So there's a conflict between the guild and then this political faction called the Ascendants. And their their main thing is they're waging a war against this other race who turn out to be humans, but that's actually not very important to the story, strangely enough. <laughs> um, so the the ascendant is waging a war to try and reclaim land on the planets the The war, the war-mongering faction comes into conflict with the Markmaker Guild, and so there's, you know, a lot of escalating conflict that happens because of that. There, there are some, you know, more political type speeches and stuff that was definitely fun to, definitely fun to write and sort of analyze with, like what I'd learned about rhetoric and speech writing at the at Wyoming Catholic.
0: <laughs> well, now you've already hinted at this, but uh, what are you working on next?
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> the book only just came out, so you know, give me, give me a moment to. To breed. <laughs> um I, I do have ideas and plans for a sequel, as well as you know a number of other stories in sort of the larger world. There's a lot of lore just in this sci-fi world. You know, many other places to explore besides just uh, the Noxine and their their ships. So, <laughs> plenty of places to go.
0: The realm of fairy story, wrote J.R.R. R. Tolkien, is wide and deep and high and filled with many things. All manner of beasts and birds are found there, shoreless seas and stars uncounted, beauty that is enchantment and an ever-present peril, both joy and sorrow as sharp as swords. In that realm, a man may, perhaps, count himself fortunate to have wandered but its very richness and strangeness tie the tongue of the traveler who would report them. And while he is there, it is dangerous for him to ask too many questions, lest the gates should be shut and the keys be lost. Close quote. Wyoming Catholic College alumna Mary Jessica Woods has unlocked the gates to a new realm of the fairy world of science fiction. If the story intrigues you, and I hope it does, her book, Markmaker is available from Chrism Press, C-H-R-I-S-M-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash books slash Markmaker. For Wyoming Catholic College, this is Dr. Jim Tonkowich.